puppet hey. perspective. Ho, Patreon. Let's go. Musically reviewing all the albums and songs. That's right. We throw it back with classics from the great beyond. Hit, and even if it's trash, we'll play it along. Let's rock the puppet perspectives. Patreon podcast. Click the link to donate and tune in like it's Comcast. Hate it or love it, just watch it. We're puppets. And welcome to. The Public Perspective Patreon Podcast. Uh, I think I'm calling this one the Halloween edition. And I am your host, Jarrell, as always. And who is joining me on this show today? We got the uh, Horizontal Tyler. Hello. We got Mitch. Erit, erit, erit. <laughs> and we got Lauren. Very, very vertical, Lauren. Yeah, so look at that with all four of us since we were just saying the last time that's had all four of us on a Patreon episode was back in July for Blink-182. And now we're back with one of our another, another Saturday Retro Review that we do every month. So this time around, since it's the month of October at the time we're recording this, I figured we'll get to the Halloween spirit. And I decided to bring an album that I grew up on as my teen years. I feel like every album I do, when it comes back to me, I'm getting kind of closer and closer to like <laughs> uh, this um, century, I should say. So now we're in 1994 and we're going to be talking about the debut album from Gravediggers, which I have the oh, cassette geez. right here. Uh, Their yeah. six feet deep album. Surprisingly, I'm looking at it right now, and I did not rewind it. So I must have been very busy back in, say, like 1998 when I last listened to this cassette. Um, and there's many reasons why I haven't played it since. I'm sure you can guess one. <laughs> Just mm. where would I play it? <laughs> but uh, other reasons, uh, obviously, is uh, so much streaming services, which I'm assuming there are three of you use streaming service lists as album. So for me, it's my, uh, I want to say, 666 time listening to it. Everyone else is first. Um, before we get started, I got to crack open a beer. Today, I am drinking a tall boy of Bud Light. Nothing special. But I also bought some uh, Fireball because... Oh, it's Fireball Friday. Yeah, oh. Fireball Friday. We're, now we're talking about, you know, satanic music, so to speak. So that's the devil's, like, favorite element. Fire. Not even the same room as Jarrell, and I can feel my stomach churning. Oh, we'll, we'll get to uh, Tyler's uh, lamenting in a second, but I just want to thank everybody that's a uh, patron listening to our show, all X amount of number of you. And we've been talking actually. Uh, me and Lauren did our last patron episode for the um, the Prince album, and we were thinking of having some of our giving back to you guys, the patrons, a little more, and by maybe letting you guys hear some of our regular podcasts and see our videos in advance before the rest of the people do start putting those up in the possible the $5 tier that you guys are all paying for to hear these retro reviews. Maybe we can move those up to the $10 tier. I'm sure it was like, no, no, $5 is fine. But um, let us know when, uh, if you want to comment, if you want to hear our shows a little bit earlier, you think that'd be a good investment for you guys to get your money out of the whole $5 you're putting down for these shows. 
But uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it'll be cool to let people hear our shows even earlier than uh, normal? Sort of like as patrons themselves? Yeah, sure, I guess. Why not? <laughs> you're like, whatever, <laughs> I don't care. If you're, I, that I, excited, if you're that excited to hear us uh, ramble, then yeah, go for it. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, you, <laughs> if you're already, if you're like, oh, I can't wait a whole two weeks to hear a regular podcast, you'll be able to hear it like a week earlier. And I'll put these videos up a lot faster so you can see our beautiful faces. But uh, before we get started, I have some ideas of what we could talk about for this episode before we get to the review. Um, Tyler, ha- people haven't heard from you in a while on the regular shows. And definitely, like I said, you haven't been on our Patreon episode since August, right? When we did that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That uh, priest that album. Priest album. Yeah. So yeah. You, for being a Patreon, your $5 are getting, getting to good use. You get to find out before everyone else what Tyler has been doing with his uh, second butthole. <laughs> what uh, Tyler's moment is. Yeah. Um, so long, yeah, long and short of it, I got surgery. Um, I came out of it with a shit ton of stitches and about 40 staples. Literally um, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now I'm in the healing process. I'm three weeks out from my surgery and I can't really sit. I can lay down and I can walk. But uh yeah, now I just have a question mark on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like like no joke the scar literally goes from my crack circles around to my tailbone and just goes straight across it's it's like i'm like a few marks away from being a, a what's that one batman villain riddle uh, me this riddler, yeah. I, was, yeah, I was gonna make a riddler joke yeah, gonna do. yeah riddle me this uh, what has two assholes and two thumbs as well <laughs> this guy <laughs> that's what the doctor would have said right was a doctor yeah. um a comical one like you're a proctologist if you will Dr. Giggles, sure. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that in 30 years, man. Dr. Giggles, man. I remember that movie. Yeah. Uh, that kind of ties into uh, Halloween, you know? So, yeah, yeah. this is our this is our kind of like eat, dip, dipping our toes into what we'll be getting to more into our regular shows in the month of October as we get closer to the, the devil's holiday, you know? But all aside, I'm glad to see that Tyler is back and able to drink beer again. Yes. What are you what are you sipping on tonight? Um, I've got the Wawa and Cape May brew, um, short tea, hard peach tea. The oh. last one actually in my fridge. Mm. I was uh, I kind of wanted to try that. It's really good, but it's a little bit on the sweeter side. But I'd recommend it. I didn't know All that right. was a thing. Oh yeah, it came out like in July, and it was like hard to find. And last I heard, there was like a lawsuit going on, apparently. Because like Seattle Ice Tea was going to use the name Short Tea. <laughs> but, I was uh, just thinking how New Jersey it is that it's Cape May yeah. Brewing with Wawa. Like it couldn't be more Jersey if Bruce Springsteen yeah. poured it for you. <laughs> yeah. oh, but here's like the real kicker: like Wawa was selling it, but only in Pennsylvania mm. in their Wawas because they can sell alcohol. And I'm like, what the fuck? Sucks, oh. man. Oh yeah, yeah. Does. That's a good point. Did they have a pork roll flavor? I get, you know what? That sounds That's just Taylor disgusting Ham. enough for someone to try it. <laughs> hey, Taylor Ham, they ain't had pork roll though. Yeah, yeah. What, what's that? Pork what roll. What the fuck is pork roll? I don't know. Yeah. I, never, I, I have to jump saw, on both sides. I, I never flipped one of those for an egg sandwich at the bagel store I worked at in high school. Never. Hockey <laughs> way. Ever. Never, ever. So, um, all right, you're doing good. Mitch is uh, 
Mitch, you guys, um, we are going to be talking on the next episode about his exciting adventures in the great state of uh, Delaware. Yes. So yeah. you guys stay tuned. We'll have that show up in a couple weeks, couple days, I should say, for our next so many, podcast. So many fun stories, so many adventures you guys. Yeah. I'll have my 311 story, which your story will definitely trump mine, but I have some crazy antics for my adventures in New York City as a 44-year-old puppet, you know, trying to you know, hang in there for two nights for a two night show. Now, I honestly got to say, like, I'll say it again on that show. Um, I kind of underestimate or overestimate, I should say, how much endurance I have <laughs> or how long it will take to recover when it comes to this. So I know you being at a four day festival probably was a lot tougher, but we'll get into that on that next episode. But uh, how about you, Lauren? How are you doing? Hanging in there. I uh, bypassed a concert to be part of our recording this evening. I was oh, what? Yeah, it was oh, too no. last minute. It was beyond the fact that we planned to record tonight. I was asked at 630 oh, in the evening to be at the Barclays. Wait a minute. That's too Hold much. on. Stop. It might. Let's, let's, before we find out who should going to see, um, were, were the seats good? Yes. Uh, hundred hundred dollars section. I'm sorry, hundred section or something like that. That um, I don't know. Seats. I was just just told the term great seats. Okay, mm. so uh, can we just get the genre? Because I know I know who's playing. Oh, well, I'm just going to tell you another okay. thing about the event, and maybe it'll give you more time to think about it. Uh, the okay. other thing I was told free. Okay, we we, we assume that. Got to get rid of them. <laughs> we assume that you know. Um, now genre. Hip hop. Now I was thinking it was the Wu Tang and Nas show, but that already passed. So yeah, I would have loved to. Uh, for if that was the case, I would have texted all three of you and been like, "Peace, welcome." Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> I know someone that went to that. He said it was a good time, but I don't know who's playing tonight. Hmm. You guys, any you guys have any guesses? I don't. The only people I could think of are have already played. Oh, oh, wait. What if it was um who just put out an album recently? It was uh, uh, yeah. Was it Kendrick? No, it wasn't. I know Kendrick wasn't playing. And I'd be there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been there on Mitch's shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have it. And Mitch would be on his girlfriend's shoulders, so it'd been like throw a trench coat on. You could like go into a movie theater or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I give up. It was a Jack Harlow concert that I, got I would never guess that. Never would have. Thank you so much for blowing off Jack Harlow for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> it was honestly, it was the super late invite, though. To be told at six thirty to be in Brooklyn from where I am, yeah, it would have. I would have got there with about enough time to get my ticket clipped and run to my seat. Oh, they weren't going to drive you there, or it, train it you was there my or brother that made the offer. I mm. don't think he was going and he wouldn't have driven anyway if he was. So oh. I guess it was all up to me to just get the tickets and get there. Oh. Well, I appreciate you that doing that. And um, honestly, they told me a month in advance I probably would have blown off too. <laughs> Not saying I don't like him or anything, but or I have something against white rappers, but you know. I think there's an underlying message there. 
<laughs> just have something against him in general. No, I, I can't say that. I mean, there's plenty of white rappers I enjoy. It's just not Jack Harlow. His name is too basic for starters. Why you is like, a more like you like somebody like Vanilla Ice, right? Oh yes. exactly. God, I was about to say that. I was gonna say like Jarrell's a Vanilla Ice fan. More of a rap name. It's edgier. No, it, it, I like Marky Mark. Thank you. Vanilla Ice is just a poser. Oh, At least he has, takes his butt. clothes off when he raps. You know, and he's and he's got a funky butt. Yeah, <laughs> in his in his in his tidy whities, you know. Uh, so Halloween is coming up. Yeah, I need some ideas for our infamous Halloween show coming up. Um, the the weekend of Halloween. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, you were on the last episode, and you guys listening out there, you guys can email us at angieharrido at gmail.com if you have any ideas of what you guys want us to talk about for our theme. Uh, last year we talked about our what favorite candies and. It was, uh, I think, the three sixes. So it was six candy bars, six horror movies, and six like favorite albums to listen during Halloween. Yeah. And then uh, previous shows, I've done uh, ideas for the perfect Halloween party, uh, music to play, movies to have in the background while it's happening. Uh, we did one episode of the worst Halloween movies two years ago. Uh, so... No pressure, guys. If you have any ideas off the top of your head for that show when we do it, um, Mitch will be your first Halloween show with us. You have anything you guys like about the holiday that you want to discuss? Costumes we did, worst costumes ever we did uh, three years ago when um, people were wearing like uh, questionably racist outfits and blackface, stuff like that. So we had a top six worst costumes to wear. Justin Trudeau is Aladdin, one of my favorites. Yeah, and um, we did the uh, one th- we talked about. Uh, I think Sean White dressed as um, the the Simple Jack. From, wow, uh, I forgot about that completely. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So well, let's put a pin in that. As the show goes on, we can think of some ideas uh, what we can talk about. We still have a few weeks to go. Uh, you guys can email us, or we'll have some ideas by the time it happens on the episode. All right. So let me. Get to this fireball because we're gonna get fucking evil on your asses. <laughs> I see, I see you wrenching right there, Tyler. I see you. <laughs> yeah, oh, did you miss the uh, me making the sign of the cross? Like, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, I'm in the same boat as you. I got the chills when he took Ugh. that shot. Ugh, ugh, it's like ugh. You feel the cinnamon go down your spine. It's just like, ugh. in the fire. That's delicious. <laughs> no, let's get into this review. I need to be drunk at Fireball. Fuck that. <laughs> oh, I can arrange that next time we hang out. You know, don't tap. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just get like a funnel and just shove it down your throat. Yeah, we gotta have a Fireball, a puppets Fireball Friday. Mm, okay. <laughs> Why do we got so many party poopers here, Mitch? I Come don't on. like Fireball. Know, it's right? gross. Well, there's nothing else. It's all there is to drink. There's no water. It's just Fireball. Yeah, what would you do then? With the, if there's only Fireball and you were trapped on the island, what would you do? How exactly. About... I would exactly. go swimming in the water and run away. <laughs> you can't run in the water. That's crazy talk. <laughs> I don't you know. To... I, 
Not even water? Come on now. I'm just, I'm just picturing Lauren walking into the water like at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it just, just goes, sinks under, Hi. and that's it. <laughs> As me and Mitch are sitting there, like, just clinking our, like, our yeah. big giant glasses of, like, Fireball. Fireball. Who's, who's the idiot now? <laughs> Drinking Fireball on the hot sun. <laughs> Couple of geniuses right here. Hell yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Having said that, let's get into this album. The Grave Diggers, Six Feet Deep debut album. They're actually considered a super group. You guys know that? I did not. Uh, yeah, they have capes and fly. Is that what your joke was going to be? No. They are. They consist of Fruit Kwan, a.k.a. The Gatekeeper, Poetic, a.k.a. Grim Reaper, DJ and record producer Prince Paul, a.k.a. The Undertaker, and finally Wu-Tang Clan member and record executive The RZA, AKA the Resurrector. They got the oh, Undertaker man. rapping on this. Damn. <laughs> he awesome. takes time out of wrestling to uh to just drop some bars, you know. Or actually, no, uh, produce because I don't think uh, the Undertaker really rhymes in this album. So you might be right. <laughs> um, okay. this album came out on August 9th, nineteen ninety four, and it kind of helped push the group to be the front runners of the horrorcore genre that was in the mainstream for like. What five minutes, Lauren? Yeah. Do you remember when horrorcore was a thing in 1994? When like hardcore, horrorcore, uh, or am well, I the I, only one that heard? Never heard. Oh, of yeah, it? I don't think I know the genre horrorcore. I've never heard that until you uttered those words just now. All right, I that I remember the resurgence, the 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 wanted, I or maybe not so wanted resurgence of that in the early 2010s with like. Hobson specifically, mm. uh, super into horrorcore, maybe like Tech Nine a little bit and shit, but like never really my thing. <laughs> never really a thing. So for those people out there that don't know what horrorcore is, um, it's basically a subgenre combining gangster rap with like psychotic and violent horrific lyrics. Uh, usually, the music is like dark and moody with elements of goth, maybe acid rap, or even metal into production. So um, it's a lot of things happening, but it's just like evil, like borderline satanic rapping, you know. Hmm. And um, we had the Grave Diggers with this album, 1984. Another group that called the Flatliners came out the same year with their debut album called USA, which stood for Under Satan's Authority. And that, that popularized the genre in the mid-90s and horrorcore. Uh, surprisingly, even though it was popular in 94, it was around way before that with groups like uh, uh, the Ghetto Boys, uh, Cool Keith, Esham, and even Insane Clown Posse are considered all horrorcore artists. So yeah, I understand Lauren missed out on this because this, this trend came and went so fast by the time it got popular, you know, with how those things happen. Something's in the underground, it gets, it gets huge, and then, you know, it goes away really quickly. And some of the groups that you mentioned just didn't fall into the umbrella of things that I was listening to in the summer of 1994. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of figured that the Ghetto Boys was not up your alley. You know? so. more, more so I was thinking on the Insane Clown Posse. That's yeah. definitely never been my thing. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm not, not going to like... What's up? You guys aren't Juggalos? What, well, I went juggalo? to like... I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I know about the Juggalos is what I've learned on Howard Stern. And they consistently play a clip of somebody going, whoop, whoop, 
I won't say I watch something really trashy. It's called, I think, uh, the American Juggalo. It's like this really crappy documentary on YouTube. Just get drunk and watch it. Well, that's what you gotta do when you're dealing with juggalos. There are so many people that says "woot woot" and that goddamn thing. You can make a drinking game out of it. I don't know. If yeah. you, guys, you guys ever watched uh, Channel Five with Andrew Callahan on YouTube? He'll like go to like events like that and just interview people. But he's like, he's not like mean to them or anything. But he just gives yeah. them the platform to just like talk for a while and just hearing like one of these people at these festivals just like giving the mic and and just talk for ten minutes is God. insane. I love okay. it. Yeah, I've seen Insane Clown Posse like three times really? in concert. And uh, the last time I saw them was, uh, I want to say, 98. So I went from seeing them for $8 to when it was $20. I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. <laughs> but uh, I never did the paint on my face stuff. It was just it's just something to witness. That's all. Um, so getting back to the Grave Diggers, you're probably wondering, since this is my pick, why... I bought this album that apparently no one <laughs> knew existed. So um, I don't know. Like I was really into like I think I still am into you know angry hip hop and uh, sadistic rap music. So it was a no brainer to pick up this album. Everyone in the, was like kind of talking about it, and it gets like oh, it gets me so souped up, gets me so amped, son. And that's why we talked back then. And then I was like, all right, let me get this album, and bought it cassette obviously i'm talking about and i loved it and uh i recall uh the summer after i um my i my my dad and my parents went to work i didn't have a i didn't have a job you know because it was it was okay to have to work in the 90s if you remember that lauren it was all right to be unemployed i always worked in the 90s i don't know what you're talking about all the 90s like every single year like from the minute I could get working papers, which oh, I believe yeah. I was like 14, which 14, would make yeah. a freshman in high school. So yes, I and was I worked like, two yeah. jobs. I was like, so understanding that in living color sketch about the, oh, the Jamaicans. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I was, was like, me. I was the complete opposite. So my parents had to force me to work, but I had a job probably at this time, but probably didn't have to be to work till the afternoon or maybe it was my day off. But anyway, my dad went to work. My mom went to work. So I was like, there's two girls I like, or one of them I liked anyway. So I borrowed his car and um, went to pick them up and took them to the movies to see the movie Species. Anyone see that before? Remember that movie? I saw that. Is that the one with the dinosaurs? No, it's a girl that turns into like the alien. It's like they made three of them. But um. Okay, I thought you would have known this, Tyler, being the horror fan. But um, yeah, took her to see the movie. And more on that story a little bit later. But uh, so we're going you, to review. You rolled up playing Grave the Diggers, Diggers in yeah. Dad's car. Yeah, trying to be all cool. <laughs> Didn't go as way, way I wanted it to, but we'll get more into that. Uh, so after Ben's album's crazy 28 years old. So we're going to see if it still holds up. But the real test would be if our Gen Z zoomers on this show you know we got mitch and uh tyler as the zoomers of our group uh see if it they'll be the ones that test if it holds up being that you know they weren't around back then so does it hold up now after all these years especially you tyler because you're not the biggest hip-hop fan but you are the biggest horror fan and metal fan so this review can go either way for you you know yeah, i'm very middle of the road right now 
Yeah, where could, where will he land on this whole thing? So let's get into this one. So after this really brief, but I think effective uh, introduction, it goes right into this song, uh, Constant Elevation. Four figures appear through the fog. Yeah, grave diggers cut like swords. Ah, fear makes your brain go numb. You ain't got a clue where the gods come from. I told myself to exist, and then I fled over millions of sperm cells, and I found the hag. No luck or mere chance. I came to enhance, representing it open as a mango. So Grim Reaper starts off this song, and he's easily my second favorite member of the group, obviously. I would put Riz on the top because he's from his uh, affiliation with the Wu-Tang. And I like his uh, rapping and rhyming uh, scheme on this album in general. But uh, with Grim Reaper, his voice is a little more lively and like nihilistic and his flow is like very like loose. And with this song in general, that haunting uh, piano loop is like fucking insane. When Once that like beat drops in and then like it's like this song is absolutely blessed with fire. So first time hearing this song, first time hearing this group, getting into that first song. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, let's go with uh, Mitch first. I mean, I loved it. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I think I had sort of an idea of what I would be hearing when I saw the album cover. I was like, this is a rap album from the nineties. I feel like I'm, I'm going to kind of know the flow and like what's going on here. <laughs> But that's, like, not a bad thing at all. I love, like, cl- more classic rap uh, as opposed to, like, the newer kind of shit. Just, like, immediately makes me want to, like, skate and just, like, fucking be walking around and stuff. So, yeah, Constant Elevation, I was, I heard that as soon as it started. I was like, all right, this isn't going to be, like, torture for me to listen to. Like, I'm going to enjoy this album for sure. That was my first thoughts. Nice. All right. Getting to Lauren now. Um you've heard kind of hip-hop like this back in the day maybe not so uh like evil i guess the best way i can say but what'd you think of the constant elevation um my immediate thoughts were i'm not gonna like this even though i should like this like it, it, it the analogy in my brain was Riza and Wu Tang is to grave diggers as Easy E is to Bone Thugs and Harmony. I hate Bone Thugs and Harmony, but I should like them because I love Easy E. Mm, okay. I wanted to, I wanted to like that song because I love the Wu Tang, and it was so annoyingly repetitive <laughs> that I, at one point, I was like, "Oh my god, if this whole album's like this, I, I don't know." Okay. Uh... You're completely wrong on that, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Because uh, I liked not, but okay, so maybe that that rhythm wasn't working, but their flows were pretty cool where they're trading off. So it's not boring at that point because you got the, the Grim Reaper the lyrics, doing one part. When yeah. you said fire, the lyrics, I will, like, there were certain moments, like, there's a reference to, like, getting a blowjob from a crackhead. Yes. Not down the corridor was old fat Ned, scheming on a blowjob from a crackhead. I was cracking up laughing. <laughs> Because yeah. I was like, all right, all right, I could get down with this. One of Grim Reaper's great bars. But uh, I think like what they're doing with the trading off on, on this song with him and Gatekeeper is uh, it's really campy, but pretty amazing, too. And then when the RZA comes in at the end, he match that chaos. I thought that was kind of cool. And a little fun fact at the end when he says positive energy activates constant 
elevation. Like that, the acronym for that is uh, peace. But um, let's let's not hold ourselves anymore in suspense. Tyler, what do you think yeah. of uh this song? Um, I did. I loved it. You know what? I, I'm <laughs> gonna say it fucking outright. I loved it. Uh-huh. The piano, the beat line, that fucking psychotic scream like halfway through, or psychotic scream, psychotic laughter like halfway through. Yeah, I just like. Like just from the first like little bit, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a fun album. This isn't gonna be like, it's like old school rap. That's the kind of shit like I kind of lead more towards. So I know I'm gonna have a fun time with this. All right, I didn't know that. I all these years I didn't know you liked any rap music. I thought it was like something you do and something like you can you can deal without. But now I know that the parameter is it's gotta be before you were born. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay. So um, I have a favorite track on this album, which I'm going to get to later, where I think is like kind of a masterpiece horror course song. But um, before we get into that, I want to ask, like, I think you guys kind of like got to it. Do you guys feel like the lyrics on this album or like the themes were too goofy or did you feel like it was too over the top or did you feel like you needed to like have the light on while you're listening to it? Because this shit is so fucking scary. So what what I kept personally thinking was, I feel like if someone tried to say some of these things today, it would just be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, is he trying to be this goofy? But mm-hmm. because of the time that it came out, it just like works. Like mm-hmm. I've not, like when I, you know, there were, of course there's some like goofy shit in there, but it's also like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not like cringy to me. Like, like if, if that was transcribed to today, if you put like, some of these lyrics into like a Tyler song, maybe people would be like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Or like, "What is?" Yeah, it? but it just works. I don't know. You're no, okay. right about the. <clears throat> forgive me. You're so right about for the time because yeah. I caught that there was even lyrics that, like, I feel like if you mentioned some of that stuff today, it would go over people's heads. Like in the song "Defective Trip," there's <laughs> a a line about uh, doing mescaline. And that's actually a hallucinogen that my friends and I did like in the summer of 1994. So it's like kind of funny that this album came out then. I don't think if you asked people today, like of that age, I don't know if kids that age do hallucinogens anymore. (laughs) Tyler raised his hand. He's messing right now. (laughs) No, I just like, I've heard of, Again, having two parents as cops, you hear a lot about drugs. Well, what's your situation's the, entirely no, 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 no. You it's have an that. evidence what? locker in your kitchen. Well, also, if you if don't you've you ever dare talk shit in, about the spice rack. I, I think I know about mescaline because of fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Honestly. Exactly, me too. That's and, what it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, my question was, what the hell is mescaline? But now that you say that, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's okay. not now, just for salad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes you see lizards and having orgies and like the was that the guy, I believe, yeah. At the bar. Um, yeah. <laughs> <at the bar. laughs> yeah uh, I love, uh, I think this album is definitely something you don't want to listen to while you're on drugs, which kind of kind of brings me to that song Lauren mentioned, the Defective Trip song. Life of the champ can be stopped by accident. you tripping, 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 tripping. Life of the champ can be stopped by accident. When you're tripping, the wire of the pool. On a strip. Hey yo, my hands was busty. When we get cheaper, my niggas let's get flusty. Leaky leaky, yeah. I put a hop on a stimuli. I'm acting two faced like the signs of Gemini. My head keeps on spinning, constantly continuing. Two tabs of mescal 
And I like that song too, because the way that blues the guitar and that funky bass line comes in, it feels like this like psychedelic trip you're actually on listening to that song. Some people like Chiba, some like Brew. I get mad lifted off a gallon of glue. I'm like, yeah, damn, Grim Reaper is fucking insane. <laughs> it definitely changed my perspective from the beginning of the album and made me a little more invested. I'm, I'm going to say that that was the song that opened me up to being a little more willing to continue to listen. Yeah, I've always noticed, uh, well, I should say for the past few months we've been doing shows going, you, or especially these, these Patreon episodes, you have like a uh, opinion going in on certain albums and you, you keep that wall up until like certain things will, will push it down. I'm glad this one is the one because uh, it's my pick anyway. <laughs> um, I'm learning lately that, that I harbor resentment. Yeah, so. I'm learning it too. <laughs> I know, but like, I think that also trickles into like past tense entertainment things. Mm. Like, if if you named an actor back then that I wasn't a fan of to see a work today, I'd be like hesitant going in. But yeah. then maybe something would change my tune. And that's, you're totally right. You hit the nail on the head. That's been happening a lot. But I'm coming <laughs> in with these like, preconceived notions ah oh, i fucking hated that when i was 16 why would i why would i like that now especially at yeah. 45 but i guess i have a different brain at 45 than i did at 16 yeah tyler you actually uh are the i want to say the uh most uh i guess what's the word i'm looking for the the nicest or the cleanest or the most well-behaved of the four of us when you, when, when you hear like the song Defective Trip where you like, I can't really relate to this, <laughs> these topics. So I'm kind of disconnected from this song or did you just go with it? I mean, I like my fellow, you know, individuals have had a little too much NyQuil at one time, but. Uh... <laughs> oh man, you big party man. Oh man, half a milligram, man. Just, woo, <laughs> no. No, it's not like I like I understand it, you know, it's just a bad trip. But uh like I've heard about stories about people having bad trips, so I'm like, oh okay, I get it. Yeah. So Tyler's the only one out of the four of us that never schemed on a blowjob from a crackhead. No, I can't but... say that I have. <laughs> okay. We all have twice, we all have to drink. We all have to drink, right? We all have to drink. Everyone gonna drink? All, all right. <laughs> all right. Um <laughs> Did you? I, I actually do recall uh, when the song kind of begins with the, with them coughing. I remember listening to this album with in the car with my parents on some like <laughs> trip, and it was like kind of awkward, but it went on from there. Um, so I think that the first half of this record is fucking solid still to this day because it's like banger after banger after banger going going going. Two cups of blood has uh, the RZA and the Grim Reaper like trading off lines. I love like that little like record scratch they do in there. Yo, we could wet up two cups of blood. On to the leg, leg, on to the head. Yo, beat of as of active as of the mental dead. Cheek to the R to the Y M Reaper. As I get deeper than a grip, resurrect kid. Don't go against the grain, mass slang is my thing. I'll leave the hearty party with the bang, buzz a boom. Check my tune, it got you hyper. Don't give a fuck about a sucker, see cipher. Tyler, you remember um, when we reviewed the uh, Tyler the Creator album, he sampled this song. For that song yeah. Lumberjack. I noticed oh, that I have dude. that written down. I noticed that immediately because I fucking okay. love that song by Tyler. And now you know where it came from. Yeah. 
it's right. always very exciting hearing that when you hear like a sample like um yeah i was uh, like my ex was listening to some song and i was like kanye fucking sampled it she had no idea mm-hmm. i was like holy shit <laughs> yeah is it tyler you're saying you don't remember <laughs> no uh, well you well, yes i don't remember but is it bad the first like like sampling example i could think of was uh that kid rock song and werewolves of london oh yeah 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 fire. yeah still fire to this day gotta jump on a land line dancing when that comes on anyway uh they keep the blood uh theme going on the next track called blood brothers which i think is more of like this cool like 90s new york vibe in the production i would say like the track is like more about their bond as, or their brotherhood so it's probably the least horrorcore track on the album blood brothers need me call in a minute, a minute, ghost face and all check it. Rizzo Grimm in the undertake. Devils get baked. I sniff your ass like an ape. Torches the screen, building up my steam. Death to us, the part rushes through the bloodstream. Yo, something ain't right. I don't get it. I feel a vibe, blood brothers, are you with it? If I have to choose one or the other, back the fuck up, spook yo. That's my blood brother. All, all, all in together. Blood brothers, all in together. You agree with that, uh, Mitch? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would agree with that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> because, because you have to agree with everything I say. Yeah, you're the boy. Like, like we were, re- like we rehearsed, you know. Um, we don't get paid. Yeah, <laughs> we don't get paid. <laughs> Yet, Yet. I'm, I'm hoarding all the Patreon money for now till you guys behave and follow the instructions of the review, uh, Lauren. What'd you think of uh, Blood Brothers? I actually want to say that's one of my favorite songs on the album because it took me back to a very Wu-Tang reminiscent sound. Yeah. And that makes me happy because I love Wu-Tang. So I that song I actually wrote favorite song next to it in my notes because I, I was feeling all the stories, like the origin stories that you get from Wu-Tang, mm-hmm. that style in this song once he opens that salon with that group in the wild out of the shaolin like it's like you're like oh shaolin like what my wu-tang talks about just roll the windows down remember cranking the window of your car and like doing a, a blunt ride in in the on in the, in the summer of 95 or whatever like that listening to blood brothers yeah it takes me back man takes i me cannot back. see you doing that when you take like the smallest hit out of a bowl and cough your fucking head off. <laughs> well, I had bigger lungs back then. You know, I'm, I'm oh, older. You know, yeah, I think I, I think the, I think that the lung cancer is catching up to me. I'm gonna force you to face a blunt. I'll look at it. Just to see <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Tyler. I you said you liked uh, the first actual song. By the time we get to Blood Brothers, how are you rocking with this album at that point? I'm actually it's a straight line straight down for the at least the first six songs on the album um mm-hmm. blood brothers i actually picked up it has like this yeah it doesn't have too much horror core in it but it, it takes on like a more soulful but dark yeah. kind of vibe that i really enjoyed but now when you said new york city i'm like damn that's almost kind of philosophical new york what is it dark and soulful <laughs> Yeah, I can just, uh, I, I wish, I wish I could have been in the room with you listening to this album if you're liking it that much. <laughs> you know, just, just, <laughs> but, to, uh, just the grin on your face, like, this is so evil, I love it. <laughs> but one thing I picked up on, which 
like as many rap albums that we talked about, I, I, I could be misidentifying the instrument, but I heard xylophones in, in this or whatever. Like, are you like on medication after your surgery? <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, maybe it wasn't xylophone. It's maybe it's the um, it's the one where you use two sticks and like little uh, like metallic keys on them. Do you know what that's I'm a xylophone? About? Yeah, but it's like, oh my god, I'm saying this wrong. Am I I thinking of the word symphony? Is that a word? Is that an instrument? I've heard of symphony, but not symphony. No, 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 with a T. I'm telling you, there is something. Okay. Well, all that matters is Tyler liked the song. Yes, but I'm saying that this one instrument is not really found in it, found in this kind of genre, and I'm like, oh, that's (laughs) cool, but I can't remember what it's called. It's not a fucking xylophone. Yeah. Yeah, we got to give props to uh, Prince Paul, a.k.a. The uh, Undertaker, like just laying down some great beats on this album that uh, apparently are still holding up today with the with the with the kids. Now. We're going to get into two tracks that I feel that if I was to if someone was like, I never heard Gravediggers before, I think these two songs I'm going to talk about is what I, you should play for them and you get an encompassing idea of the group. Now, uh, Tyler, I recall when we did the Judas Priest review, I mentioned how like they're like artists like him and even Ozzy were kind of accused of having songs with like subliminal messages about killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yet the Gravediggers actually have blatant like songs endorsing suicide on this song, 100 Suicide, though I think it's more of a satirical and cartoonish like level that they're approaching the song. God damn, I love the bass line of this of this song. It's like it's so chill and simplistic. And then that the beat is is equally chill as well. I like how each member approaches like their verse with like a different flow. Cause you got like the, the gatekeeper opening the song and he's like really calm about that. You know, this is how you should kill yourself. And then the Grim Reaper comes on and he's like doing like a little more sing-songy way about it. Yeah, don't wanna live no more. I guess you're really ready for the graveyard tour. When you get home, just see lock your window and your doors turn the oven on high for about four hours. Let you a blunt kiss your ass goodbye, you gas yourself, cause it's a suicide. And then like the resurrector comes in and he's like more boombastic on his like verse and mentioning how each devil all six of them kill themselves like in a different way six fucking devils stuffed up playing brave god had to fucking know to try to enter my graveyard i'm the resurrector be my sacrifice commit suicide and i bring you back to life the first was convinced stuck a water hose in his mouth fat for blast so his head can explode second one said hmm that's good but i could top it put an axe up to his head and then he chopped so yeah, I think it's a really chill song, a really good single, really catchy. And I thought it was a good, I think it's a, for the most part, kind of like defines what this group is about. Um, what'd you think, Tyler? No, I, th- I think you nailed it right on the head. It's like, it's as dark as hell tone because what's more dark than taking your own life? Um, I don't know if it, they were trying to be serious back in the day though, that's the issue. So, but I guess in the context of like right now, yeah, it's goofy because 
I think I'm losing my train of thought. Yeah, I don't think it was. You thought it was. You thought you you were questioning if they meant it or not. Yeah, like well, when you bring up the comparison of like some heavy metal like songs that have like a subliminal messaging, it's like sewn into the cloth. Where here it's just like, yeah, no, just fucking do it. Just pull the trigger. (laughs) Fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, but you don't know if this is like. No, you're probably right. It's just satirical yeah. at best. I thought it was satirical back yeah. then. I still do, but um, there's still be lyrics you. in it too. You know, yeah, like no. it's it has such an air about. It. There's some line I can't remember it exactly. It was something about like lasagna from the pizza man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like <laughs> like it, there's like silly words in it, which I never thought that any metal like Ozzy was trying to tell people to kill themselves, but this certainly if anything, is the antithesis yeah. of that because it's like yeah. mocking the idea of it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, why is one song that doesn't even say it getting like, you know, flack back in the 80s? Well, this song is like a single on the radio, perhaps, and they're saying doing it and it, there was no like, you know, backlash whatsoever. I guess they made it so silly that they people knew it was a joke. Uh, you know, maybe you're Sicilian with a tan, but you hit lasagna and the pizza, man. <laughs> But yeah, it was a. Uh, I think that's a good song. Um, yeah, let's let's get uh, let's get Mitch start on the uh, one hundred suicide. The song. I, I mean, hear. you guys pretty much said any everything. Um, I also pointed out like I, I think this is the only song. Like once I heard this, I was like, I think I kind of recognize this. Like I might have had like a friend play this in the background of, of some shit before. Like it just, it, I don't know. The beat was a little familiar, hmm. but um. Yeah, good rhymes. I loved confronting alligator. Let it eat your raw. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. Where it's like, is it serious? Is it not? Because ninety four, who who knows? I don't know. Nowadays, like I was thinking about um, I fuck, I don't like him, but uh, Logic, he has that yeah. song where it's like one eight hundred. Right, right. The actual like number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like all about like stay alive you're worth it but like (laughs) (laughs) this has a little bit of a different tone than that this is a complete opposite no don't stay alive kill yourself (laughs) yeah yeah either call 1-800 suicide or 1-800 cyanide line which uh i i think um did i actually try to know i might have tried calling it as a kid i don't remember what happened next track uh i think it's the best song on the album diary of a madman uh Got the whole courtroom scene going on with the trial that they're, that they're all coming in for murder, perhaps. And then when that eerie ass beat comes in and they're rhyming those horrific bars over it, I'm like, God damn, this fucking shit slaps. Okay, I understand you guys are pleading insanity, claiming demonic spirits possess you to do these hideous murders. Can you please explain to this court how these so-called spirits may do it to these raving madmen? Be a witness as I exercise my exorcism. The evil that lurks within the sin, the terrorism. Possessed by evil spirits, voices from the dead. I come forth with grave diggers in a head full of dread. I've been examined ever since I was semen. They took the sonogram and seen the image of a demon. And this is the song I recall when I was driving the two girls to the uh, the movie theater. And then when Rizik has his like pretty much self-mutilation like lyrics on there that girl was like ew upon my wounds they seasoned me with salt and now my hands and feet to the form of a cross ah i tried as the blood dripped inside of my eye refusing to die visions of hell tormented my fate so i chewed my fucking arm off and made an escape she was just like bewildered like shocked like this is the most disgusting i ever heard so 
fucking cock blocking grave diggers over here, but I'm not bitter. It's their fault you didn't get any that night. Yeah, it's, it's it's but it's my fault putting the cassette on, thinking that everybody wants to hear it. So um yeah, it it was a uh, it was kind of funny how that went down. <laughs> um to expose someone to this and it's like, what is this? This is crazy. But um I love this fucking song. Every time it comes on, I just get so hyped, man. And I think uh with Tyler over there, uh this probably you agree with me, this is uh, uh one of your favorite songs, highlight of the album. Oh yeah, no, it is my favorite song off the entire album hands down <laughs> just like i don't know when i listen to this like this is one of the few songs i listened on repeat throughout my day like wow really this it, song yeah it's just like the idea of each of the four members like expelling like why they're kind of there what they did to get in this courtroom to get it that just, insanity plea yeah <laughs> yeah like just the image of these four youths like or for you these four men going before a judge and then like i just want to it's just so cinematic in my head that i want to see a music video of it yeah it's just like these like bad shit like backstories of how they got there i love it yeah what sucks is there's there is a music video to this this song but they completely dropped the ball on this i'm in like a subway rapping i'm like why Aww. did you fuck this up man this is when it first came i'm like you had it right there it's right there in your face what the video should look like and you fucked it up but um, yes, at least I had my mind to imagine like the like the outrage in the courtroom and the judge like saying order to court and them getting up and like they each do their part and it cuts back to the judge like, all right, like everyone calm down. Let's let them keep explaining. And the way it like ends abruptly, I thought that was really cool. Um, <laughs> so I'm surprised, Lauren, this wasn't your favorite song. You go with Blood Brothers. This was too uh, cartoonish, you think? Or You know what? If this would have been my favorite if it didn't have the lawyer and the judge dialogue. What? Yeah, I don't know. I just, well, the the people that they chose for the voices was what bothered me. Explain. Like, I didn't like their speaking <laughs> voices and it okay. impacted the way the song made me feel. Like I, the lawyer talking was like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, ugh, your voice barely is so annoying. He barely spoke. He's a lawyer, of course it's annoying. That's how they sound. It just, don't I don't know. It, it it affected the way the song jived with me. It definitely, I loved everything about it. The beat, the rhymes, like everything about that song was so good. But that dialogue shit, I just, I couldn't hang. That's why, that's right. why it's not my fave fave. It's okay. in the upper crust. But okay. It's not, it's, not, it's not the center of the pie then. Correct. Okay. Oh, that's uh, just uh, out of top of the pie. Um, let's uh see if we can break. Well, actually, no, are we are we split on this one? What are we gonna say with Mitch? Maybe we'll be split. What do you think of uh, this song? No, nah, I loved it too. I'm with you guys. Uh, it's it was definitely a highlight on the album. I loved the skit in the beginning. Um, and I know that a lot of people don't like kind of skits in, in these like older rap albums and shit, but I, I feel like it adds something, and also it's like you have to put yourself in the time you know like that was mm. that was going on all the time but um yeah like just like it was cool it was dark it was cool just hearing them talk about how insane each of them are and for what yeah. reason all around awesome track definitely a highlight this can track i ask actually... tyler a question go ahead, go ahead. sorry yeah, sure well, tyler i i want to say first and foremost i respect the fact that you have cinematic vision when hearing music because 
that is something I've experienced in my lifetime. And I, it's just nice to know other people have as well. But yeah. I wondered, <laughs> is the dialogue what made that happen for you, for this song in particular? Are you talking about like the judge intermitting or like the intro? Anything that was not the song itself, just the dialogue parts. Because like for me, uh, when I heard Bjork, it's oh so quiet, for instance, I developed a music video in my head that I just completely imagined because I loved that song and so many of the elements of it. Yeah, like I, is that is that how this song works for you, or did the dialogue provide you with the play-by-play? I definitely think it was more the dialogue that like just setting it up, and then just this bizarre left turn of oh, we're possessed by demons. And then that just like going into like, like the like the Ghostbusters two like courtroom scene, just popped in my head, <laughs> and I'm like. Um, but it also helps that I went to film school for two years. So, <laughs> yes, I, I forget about your cinematic background. But, yeah, because I feel like even when going back to where the video should have been is when the judge asked him, like you just pictured them like rapping in the courtroom to him or may and they would cut to like them doing like crazy things of the like the rizzo like you know with his eyelids open and being sewn to a cross just but yeah and then this cut like as soon as like the, the verse stops like you're saying this is where you get like oh i wanted to keep going or have like a hook but it's not it's just like it just cuts the hook is like basically going back to the courtroom and like you know go on go on let's go to the next verse and and um yeah I, I see i see where it can be like jarring for for a person Lauren. i i get what you're saying uh this song actually features two other rappers um from wu-tang affiliates from wu-tang i should say shabazz the disciple and killer priest and and i think uh shabazz opens the song and killer priest has uh verse three so uh grim reaper is not on this song and uh i think they both still hold their own on this on the track and we'll be talking about those two, but later on the album. Uh, getting back to Tyler as our resident metalhead, uh, what'd you think of the song Bang Your Head after you realized it was not a Quiet Riot cover? God damn it, why you gotta take my notes away from me? Because I knew you were gonna write it. I know you. <laughs> Bang your head! Bang your head! I did like the beat more than the actual like rhyming scheme. I don't know why. Just like the beat and the rhyming were just a little too disjointed for me to really get into. But I will say this. I did appreciate the like references to like some of these horror icons like the Amityville horror movies or uh, Wes Craven. So mm. I, I did appreciate that. So it's it's all right. It's an all right song, honestly. It's all right. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was kind of corny at the same time because that, but I felt the the bass. I was more turned off by the music than the 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 rhyming, because it's like this fuzzy like metal production that they're doing. Thought it was kind of weak, but at the same time, I would never skip it when I would play, considering the fact that fast forwarding a cassette was a pain in the ass back in the day. So you remember this this shit, Lauren? You like, oh, I'm gonna fast forward. Up, oh, I went too far. Got to go back. 
Like up Actually, when she put it back. I, 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 had, <laughs> I had the best cassette deck ever. Oh, yeah. It, she's, thanks to yeah, you having a job, you can afford those when that would like stop at the end of like a song, right? True story. Yeah. That's why you get a part-time after-school job, Jarrell. All right, I'll get a time machine and go back to 93 and tell myself that. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, I, I thought the song was okay. And I'm assuming you feel the same way, Lauren, about banging your head, right? Yeah, I didn't want to bang my head on anything <laughs> more than the wall. I wanted the song to end. I didn't like it. Mm. All right, uh, I'm actually in Lauren's court with this song, uh, but... Uh, Mitch, did you, you like metal too? What did you think of Bang Your Head? I do. I thought it was a fun song for like crowd engagement. <laughs> That's what we call it now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, That's a song. nice way to say let's slam dance in each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah, like, this is like fun. Like, I'm sure that goes hard as hell live. Yeah. Like, just like alone. I'm like, I don't know if this necessarily makes me want to bang my head like <laughs> like not loose or gulch or some shit but they were so aggressive they were so assertive about it like bang your motherfucking head yeah so. they were too forward i was just like no, I'm not <laughs> do it. in that tone i'm not gonna do it <laughs> i shouldn't have to be told i should just be able to feel it and know yeah. to do it just like you didn't say, you didn't say please you didn't say please <laughs> so. he didn't say simon says teacher <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I agree. Because I'm talking like the first half. I think we all agreed it was better than the second half, where the second half has like pieces of like good moments. And uh, I mentioned Shabazz and Killer Priest before they come back on their track, Graveyard Chamber. That also has the other members, so that makes this a posse cut. I love my posse cuts. Uh, the song also features the rapper uh, <laughs> Dreddy Kruger, whose verse was uh, memorable by all my friends at the time. We all remember knew his part from front to back. You know, I be the bush whack Dutch master rapper. I love black women, but I hate fucking crackers. Uh, by the way, I think he's referring to like saltines and Ritz crackers in case you guys got felt like weirded out. I'm sure that's what he meant. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Graveyard Chamber, Posse Cut, thought it was good. Uh, out of the, the, the pickings of uh, back half album uh, songs. Um, anyone else like Graveyard Chamber? Danger, danger. It's major. I did not no. like it. Danger, danger. Danger, danger. I I actually did like that one. I had written <laughs> down. Um, I liked I liked the delivery. It was like kind of insane. I mean, I guess you kind of get that in like this whole album, yeah. but I think it was like very apparent in that one for me specifically. But um, I don't know. It just kind of like really showed that these guys just have a lot of fucking character more than yeah. anything. <laughs> exactly. Um. So. I'm prepared for you guys to kind of make fun of me for uh, liking the title track where they're like basically spelling out the grave digger's name in, in the hook. And But before you guys jump on me, I'm going to admit that it's, it's goofy. But I think maybe the fact that 
the song kind of had this like live band like feel to it. Next murder is mayhem, taking grave is a regular trick, Tris Mangula, the boss, the strangler, heated and trapped in a fury. I hate death devil, the rhyme rebel, my heart terminates, subduing and pole for rise in your head, your blood fell dead, and your tomb stone red. Swizzle to the rector, grim to the reap, under to the taker. And I thought it was kind of cool, like where at the beginning of the song, remember when they're like kind of like talking in the studio, and he's like, oh, "What's today's date?" You know, uh, it's May the twentieth, Friday, nineteen ninety four. That's uh my parents' wedding anniversary. So I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." They recorded the song when my parents were married, exactly twenty two years at that point. So I think it's kind of like a a cute novelty thing for me when when I hear that part. They did it for your parents' anniversary. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's been 22 years. We might as well record a song now. Yeah, uh, I feel like I probably should have saved that kind of fact for the, the useless uh, trivia stuff we do at the end. But I actually have some more things I, I, I did write for facts later. Um, Tyler, you like uh, live instruments and stuff like that. Did you like the Six Feet Deep song? Um, okay, you didn't like it. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's just like, Yes, the teacher's song. I'm like, okay, it's like second to last song. That's that's a little different. Whatever. It feels like. Have you ever like? I hate the Beatles, and I hate bringing them up. But have you ever listened the, to like those? You hate the Beatles. Tyler, we talked about you doing. We talked about you doing this. Such hate is a very <laughs> strong word. <laughs> we told you about this, Tyler. Don't say this out loud. <laughs> it's only I'll on the Patreon episodes I can say this. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> my head in silence. But like it, it, like the opening intro reminds me of like those, um, like the Beatles bloopers that I actually have listened to. <laughs> I love those. Say, Paul, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna pie in the face. <laughs> like, it, like it sounds like that, and it just for some reason to me this track sounds like I know that they're supposed to be goofy a little bit, but like it just sounds like baby's first mixtape. Like, I'm sorry, like. But like, it's catchy, Tyler. Gee, I won't deny R it's catchy. Today. They, they keep it doing it over like, and over. It gets in your head, right? <laughs> it literally sounds like they sampled it from a bootleg VHS tape from a 90s cartoon. Like, I can't Maybe they enough. did. How, well, how old is this? No, you know what? No, I'm not even going to look that up. G, just to the R, to the A, to the V. You know why you guys don't want to like the song, Tyler? Because you can't necessarily sing the whole thing. That's like, true. <laughs> yeah. I can't sing, period, so. <laughs> There's a lot of songs on here that you have to, like, you know, censor yourself singing along to. Um, uh, but, uh, Lauren, I feel like you agree. You think the song Six Feet Deep is fucking lame? Uh, no, I didn't <laughs> think it was lame at all. I actually okay. liked it. You actually liked it? <laughs> Thank you. So I feel so so um honored. So this this is where my thoughts went though. Like the so, so the song Mommy, what's a grave digger? I mm -hmm. felt like is that supposed to be like the interlude on the album? Like chill it out. The grim Walks through the dark. I'm digging in the dirt or digging in your brains or your skirt. Burying the past is a very hard task. I make root and now everybody's digging up dirt. But then when I heard Six Feet Deep, I was like, oh, maybe maybe that's the interlude. Like, that's like my chill between like the good and the bad of this album. 
And I really liked the pace of it. I liked the piano. I, I yeah. like the song. They're like jamming on that song. It feels like it's like it's like I feel like again when with the with the other song, you feel like you're you're taken somewhere, and you're like when you're hearing the song, and this song feels like you're in the studio and they're like just playing, and it's like having a good time and stuff like that. Like this is actually a one take song, and I thought that was kind of cool. What did you think, uh, Mitch, of that song? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I fucked with it. You know, I didn't have any like harsh harsh opinions really, but. I was thinking, like, I guess, yeah, the second half of the album, not as strong as the first, and I guess that's an example, but maybe it's just because I was hearing a lot of the similar kind of thing for 50-something minutes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't necess- necessarily say it was, like, a bad track, but I wouldn't say it was one of the strongest tracks, which I feel like is consistent for me in reviews for whatever album we're doing is that like the title track usually doesn't do much for me. Yeah. Uh, and this was just another example of that, honestly, but it's still a good track. It's just, it's not one that just shines through for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's all the songs I had that I wanted to discuss. Does anyone want you want to, guys want to talk about before we uh, wrap things up? I, I have just one question. What the fuck is the song 360 Questions? Well, that's the interlude. That's what you were talking about. That's the interlude? Because it, it was so fast. I was like, what? The, I didn't even realize <laughs> it was its own entity. I thought it was part of the prior and the after song. No, nah, it's just more of like, there's a bunch of questions you can ask the grave diggers, and they just give you seven questions out of the, out of the six, 360 questions you can ask them. And you think um, that's the interlude on the album? That's a skit, maybe. It's, that's a better word. Um, Lauren, can I just say, when you said, yo, I got a question, <laughs> I thought you were going to finish it by saying, do y'all eat ass? And I was going to be very happy for a second. Because <laughs> it's from that from that stupid interlude. And I, I was going to... Oh, yeah, that's one of the questions. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, please let us be both synced up in this for that for this one. I thought note that was what she was doing. Song. I thought we were setting she was setting me up for that. I'm <laughs> like, sorry to let everybody down. Do maggots get drunk when they bury alcoholics? <laughs> that was actually one question that they asked that I still think about is do they do maggots get drunk when they bury alcoholics? That's a good question. <laughs> Why are you asking them though? Yeah. Um yeah, so uh, what about any other songs you want to talk about before you, everyone does their final thoughts and ratings? Like no? Uh, all right. So uh, let's go with Lauren first. Your final thoughts if this album holds up and what would you rate it? So having bypassed this completely in 1994, as far as it holding up, to me it didn't back then, but it definitely has all the sprinkles of the late nineties on it. So it, it holds up in that essence that it rings true to the time that it came from. Did I love it? No. Did I like it? Somewhat. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to skip it because I only listened to it for us to review it. And I, I don't find it would be a song or I mean an album rather that I would Revisit on my own. Although I do feel like if Jarrell threw a Halloween party, this would be part of the soundtrack, which would then force me to listen to it again. 
Uh, so it's pretty much echoing what happened in 95 that girls just don't like the grave dance. <laughs> She's like, no, that's not it. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not <laughs> that's too general. out like the girl you took to the movies is. I just, it, it didn't work for me. I get excited when I see RZA because I think Wu-Tang, it's not Wu-Tang. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, moving on to Mitch. Now we're going to get to like the, the Zoomers thoughts. So that will really prove it holds up because these are our, our younglings. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, when I hear this kind of sound in rap music, I am for some reason, I immediately want to grab my skateboard and just, just start fucking going. And that's exactly what I did with this album. Perfect to skate to if that's your thing. Just walking around. I mean, the vibes are immaculate, I have to say. Um, <laughs> especially if you're into old school rap. I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's something that I am constantly looking for. But when it comes on, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And mm. um, this album definitely instilled that. Um, personally, I give this a very high download this. Um, it's crazy that I haven't really listened to these guys, these guys more before. Uh, like I said, I think I recognized 1-800-SUICIDE, but other than that, there was like nothing. Everything was brand new to me. So, um, yeah, definitely going to be uh, listening to this album more. This isn't just one we're going to review. And I'm like, all right, it doesn't exist to me anymore. This, this, <laughs> this still exists to me. So, <laughs> All right, we're climbing up a little higher. Where are we going to go with Tyler? What do you think? My baby from when I was 16 years old. Well, now that you're saying that again, time to rip off the band-aid. I fucking hated it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Just um, stomp on my adolescence right there. Like, how dare you like this? <laughs> it's no it's no secret that it takes a lot for a, a rap album to get me interested. And this one is definitely one of those that actually was really fun to listen to. Just just the motifs the themes as goofy and far out as they could be sometimes it was still enjoyable like the allusions to horror movies to bad trips to all this goofy but fun shit like i just i i loved it you know what i had a fun time i re-listened to it diary of a madman is 100 going on like my my very small and very short rap playlist that i collect from this show three um, songs already we're making our oh, progress <laughs> oh i'm hoping for 10 by year five uh, <laughs> i'm giving you know what i'm going with a buy this I, I i would buy this just for like a long road trip like during the fall i'd fucking do it nice and i think i kind of agree with the uh, tyler this album actually holds up and i'm happy that um i've been i i please the the young the young ones because I because um this is going on the Halloween mix Lauren so you're gonna have to hear it <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these songs I think can go on a mix and um it's definitely a gateway to the horrorcore um genre so it's a must have giving this album uh, the highest of buy this I wouldn't go with the praises because there are a few tracks that I think are kind of like stagnant in a bit they don't really like progress the album along the, towards second half as we mentioned. But you got a you get a good ratio of out of sixteen tracks. I would say there's about thirteen great ones. So that's a good that's a good thing right there. All right. So I'm so happy to hear that uh, I bring an album that does not get shit on. See that Tyler? I've been improving massively since our Simpsons review. 
<laughs> I've been bringing. Yeah. I've I've actually liked better music as I got older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna probably mess up when I go back to the '80s or some point, but we'll see. Uh, my Millie Manili album. If you guys will be nice to me about that, as long as it isn't like Oingo Boingo's debut, we'll be fine. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure it's not that. And as I as I quietly put it away. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for some useless trivia where I give you guys some facts about the album we're talking about. So get this, Lauren. You missed out because this album peaked at number 36 on the Billboard 200 when it came out. Wow, 36. Yeah, it exploded. But it came in at number six on the top R&B and hip hop albums that year. So that's something. That's impossible. I mean, I believe you, but like, that's, that's crazy. Then how did I not know who this group was? You're, I don't know, you were in a cave with your fingers in your ears and your eyes closed, I was on too much masculine. (laughs) Working your jobs, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. So this is going to, I guess, make everyone cringe, but uh, the album's original title was Nigga Mortis. I knew that. How did you never hear the group, but you knew the name of the album? Because I looked them up because I was okay. like, I know I know this group and I didn't. Okay. And then I read that and I, I didn't know if you were actually going to talk about it. So that's why I kept yeah. that to myself. So I think that's the like, reason- that was very risque of yeah, a name. But, but I think the reason Still, they changed it. I think the reason they changed it was so white people wouldn't get punched in the face every time they request the album at record stores. <laughs> but outside the US, such as like, you know, Europe, they kept the original title. And uh, speaking of the European version, uh, also had a track called Pass the Shovel that they omitted from the U.S. version that we all heard. The devil's approach to get roast. Can't plant seeds on a grave with dead folks. From the darkest level of death, raise up past the shovel and step. Check it, check it. Off on the bottomless pit. This is it. Undertaker make beasts and shit. That sounds sick. Me, I be the man to disturb. Call a doctor. See if they got the nerve to try to stop the face of crucial booming. Sound that's inhuman. Scream when I sting that ass like Paul Newman. Somebody knock on wood. Knock, knock, knock. All boys in the hood. Drop, drop, drop. And uh, producer Prince Paul didn't want to have that song on the album because he felt it didn't really fit the theme. But the uh, UK record label wanted it, so he want, he put it on there to please him. So what I did was I listened to that song on uh, YouTube, and I gotta say it's a bit like a kind of like a jazzy production because they have horns in it, similar to that song on the album, the album uh, called uh, "Death Trap." You can't come back, no matter what you do when you fall in a death trap. You can't come back, no matter what you do when you fall. We didn't talk about that song, but yeah, I think Past the Shovel has the same kind of like vibe. So it would have worked on this album because I think because that song was going to be in between 360 questions and Diary of a Madman. But uh, uh, speaking of that, 360 questions uh, skit. The last question they ask is uh, who killed Tommy's boy? And Tommy Boy Records is what they're referring to. That was the label that each member was on previously before this album came out. Um, another fact, Prince Paul was responsible for producing De La Soul's groundbreaking debut album, Three Feet High and Rising. Um, did you hear the album before, Lauren? 
Fela Soul, Free Free Iron Rising. Yes. No, this is similar. Similar. But I didn't. I didn't catch that like at all. I really would not have known that had you not shared these factoids. That is why I do this. (laughs) Um, That's the album that had me, myself, and I on it. Correct. Better you than mirror, me. Mirror on the wall. Okay, we'll stop. Because the reason I stopped everybody is because no one else was joining in. Because uh, Lauren immediately shut that down quickly. Because I saw Tyler ready to jump in with the next, the next line. But uh, he, she's like, nope, no rapping. So sorry, Tyler. We can't do the whole uh, lines to me, myself, and I. <laughs> um, fact number five, 1-800-SUICIDE. Is also on the 1995 soundtrack "Tales from the Crypt Demon Knights." Is it yeah. really? You saw that movie? I take it. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, it's my favorite. It's uh, got Billy Zane being an angry ass cowboy. How could you not? Oh, typecasting, even better. You fucking hold down, mow down, there, motherfucker. Yeah, I, I, I never could movie. picture. I never could picture as an antagonist. <laughs> oh, He's such great. a nice guy. <laughs> Dude, it's um, like you want to be an asshole in Titanic. Well, now you can, but with less boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also that song landed at number 22 on Complex Magazine's 25 Most Violent Rap Songs of All Time. That's a very specific list. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> um, RZA was originally going to use the beat from Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide for a Wu-Tang song. But Prince Paul ended up liking the way it sounded with the hook that Riz credit for that. And I found another interesting fact about that song. Do you guys remember in this song where it goes, when Riz comes in, he's like, here come the drastic, and it kind of stops. And that, uh, Lauren, you might recognize when that, like, dun, 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 that Wu-Tang uh, protect your neck part comes in. I was actually just looking back at my notes to see if I had written that down because I know it was in my head, but I don't, I guess I didn't write it in my notes, but I completely know you remember that that part. So then it stops and then that part comes in and it's like, and then it goes attack, what the attack, what the comes in and his, his verse comes back. What happened was Riza actually, when he said, here come the drastic, he, didn't know what to say next and he kind of messed up. So they recorded that and then he said, I'm gonna come back and finish the verse later. And when he came back, uh, Prince Paul added that Wu-Tang part in there from Protect Your Neck because the Protect Your Neck uh, single was out at the time in 91 before, uh, well, actually it was out in 93 because uh, the Wu-Tang album was out. So he put that part in there as like kind of like a bookmark. Um, and then when he came in to, record like the what he thought of later he they played that part and met the man was there too and met the man was like oh that sounds good however he said it and they, they kept it in so sometimes these happy accidents work out you know more facts i keep them coming guys uh the 1997 follow-up album which was called the pick the skiss the sickle and the shovel was more socially conscious and calmer than six feet deep and RZA actually did most of the production on that album. And uh, that album, Lauren, he missed it too because it charted even higher, debuting at number 20. Wow. 
and the members uh i'm not sure if the members were getting older or maybe because at that point uh horrorcore was on its decline from the mainstream anyway is the reason why that was more of a mature sound but that album was kind of like uh shunned by like the the fans even more so with their final album called nightmare in a minor which only featured grim reaper and the gatekeeper because the rizza and prince paul had left the group by then and that was released in 2002 almost a year after grim reaper died from colon cancer sorry to end it on a downer note but uh, that was my last fact so um i want to thank i want to wrap this up right now because uh we got to prepare for more shows for the month of october i want to thank everybody for being on this episode i love when it's all four of us like coming in picking apart an album and i like it really much more when it's an album that majority of us enjoy so i'm not going to end up selling this album to the uh wherever you can sell cassettes these days because apparently the three of us agree it is worth hearing or at least owning two of us think so thank you lauren you're very welcome. Although I leave with the question, why did you not buy that on CD? Why do you own it on cassette? Because in 1994, I didn't have a job. So I oh. can only afford cassettes. Understood. That's the way Understood. it works, you know? Okay, my, Sam my Goody, first, thank you. My first CD was in 1995. So I was, I was waiting for the opportunity to not only buy a CD, but to actually buy something that I could play CDs on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mitch. I knew I can count on you for uh, thinking this album was worth hearing. He's on. He's got us on mute. Unmute us, man. Uh-oh. What were you, 40? Were you sniffling. like? I was sniffling. I had you on oh. mute. So sorry. <laughs> sniffing so the masculine. <laughs> always, always great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to listen to this album. You opened up my my ears to a whole uh, new group. Hey, you got me. In, you exposed me to Blink-182. I had to return the favor somehow. Yep. Never heard of them before. I never, well, actually, I heard that album, but listening to it, like, really, like, going into that album that we talked about on previous episodes, it kind of helps. So that's what, wait, wait, why you do this. Uh, and Tyler, you were the one I was mostly worried about not liking this, but I was like, is a gamble, metal, yeah. rap music together. Where will he land on it? I appreciate you liking this and being on this episode. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be back into a somewhat normal groove. Yes, glad to have you back. And we're going to uh, go out with uh, some instrumental stuff from the Grave Diggers album. Uh, like you guys already know, you can uh, reach us at njhaberradio at gmail.com. And you also can uh, go to our YouTube channel to see all our videos. And by typing in public perspectives in the search, make sure you are obviously our Patreon so you already are subscribed to our stuff. So why don't you share our videos with all your friends who have not subscribed to us yet or have never even heard what we do or seen what we do. That way we can build our audience and get more uh, subscribers. Always uh, send us your opinions and questions and stuff on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Public Perspectives, or Public Reviews 15. And until next time, hail Satan! Bye-bye. Hail Satan! Ha 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 